Welcome back to the Gentle Counselor podcast. My name is Crystal and I provide online resources to support the mental health and well-being of parents and children. For those of you listening to this episode right now, this episode is going to be a little bit different to what is typically on the Gentle Counselor podcast and that is because back in October we had World Mental Health Day and I had some lovely friends come together as guest speakers in a private group called the Aussie Mums Mental Health Virtual Event. So the format of the episodes are going to be a little bit different, but you're going to hear back the replay of my interview with the amazing speakers on a variety of topics. So stay tuned for these episodes because they're packed full of goodness. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? Good. We oh, have our little have, one here. We have a little extra, a bonus. <laughs> we do. We have our bonus guest presenter. <laughs> so, yeah, he's um, missing his brother there at soccer this morning. So oh. he didn't go. So he's uh, oh, he's gone shy. So he hopefully won't be a problem. <laughs> oh, honestly, seriously, it's a group full of mothers. No one is yes. going to judge you for having your kid nearby. Oh, totally. <laughs> we all get Good. it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in the car out the front because okay. I couldn't think of where else to sit. That would be quiet. <laughs> where everybody is going to go, Mom, what are yep. you doing? <laughs> yep. Don't know Rochelle, her um, business or her page is called How to Live Slow. And she's all about um, helping us discover and embrace uh, slow living as a lifestyle and how we can get clear on living our life um, that is intentional and fulfilling. And Mm -hmm. so um, let's just actually start back at the basics for anyone that's not heard the term slow living before. Can you tell us a bit more about what it means to embrace slow living? Yeah, sure. So first of all, thank you very much for, first of all, hosting today and also inviting me on. So yeah, it's an an amazing event and I think you've done really well to put it all together. So thank you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Um, So slow living is, um, it is an official movement or like philosophy um, started in the 80s, but, um, and it's kind of like, going against the grain of doing more, 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 better, 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 bigger, you know, continual growth. So you might have heard of like slow fashion, which is obviously against fast fashion or slow food movement, which has got to do with, um, you know, eating locally, eating like preparing your food rather than convenience foods and that sort of thing. Um, But slow living as a whole is kind of like minimalism, but for your whole life. Um, And it really applies really nicely to mums because I think, Mums go through a massive transition, when, especially when we have our kids, you know, the early years. Um, we change as a person. All of our values kind of shift. We, we're sort of like thrown in the deep end. Nobody kind of warns you about um, what's going to happen, the transformation that you'll experience. They just, yeah, focus more so on the baby. So slow living then helps you to disconnect from the cultural pressure that you have. I know you were just talking with, um, was it Fleur? about uh, Laura, her, Laura. Yeah, from House of Fleur. Yep. House of Fleur. Yeah. Laura, sorry, my apologies about the pressure we put on ourselves to be like the domestic goddess and get everything done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm and... certainly not the domestic goddess. I <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, exactly. We think we have all this, 
you know, coach social conditioning that says you, you're supposed to do this and that and have this kind of car and kids go to this school and you should be able to work and raise kids and, you know, be the same. And so slow living really steps in to support you to disconnect from all of that and just focus on your connection and relationship with your kids and the people that matter and the things that matter to you rather than, yeah, running around like a headless chook. So it really centers like rest and um, cyclical living. So, you know, like seasonal or to your personal cycles. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You just reminded me that something that I've been uh, reading about lately is um, like how we can follow our, what's it called? Like our menstrual cycle. Yeah. And how that affects us hormonally and like our mood and our energy levels. And I yeah. never thought about that before. But then when yes. I looked into it, I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, of course, there are times in that, like, yeah. pattern or that cycle where yeah. you've got, like, all this energy, you want to do everything. And then there's times where you need to rest and, like, recuperate yeah. and nourish your body and take that time. Yeah, exactly. And it's really fascinating, actually, because a, your period cycle or whatever you want to call it, hormonal cycle, we think of it as either when, you know, we think of it as period and not period. Yeah. And then when we want to get pregnant, we think of it as period and ovulation. But there's actually four phases and they represent like energy, but they also mimic the seasons. So you've got like new growth, the rest period, you know, like, you know, he- heading in, like there's autumn, which is like just before your period. Um, finishing things off and all of this so yeah it's really quite fascinating so interesting and yeah I love when weird but purposeful connections and things in Mm. our world where we have these Mm. patterns and yeah I like that people are starting to wake up and and realize it um yeah yeah I don't really know the term for it because it's not like perfect science where we can exactly prove everything but no yeah a lot of us can uh relate to that and yeah, yeah yeah I think you could probably call it like women's wisdom or ancient yeah. wisdom or something maybe um you know we live in a 24-hour world mm. and you know we think that we wake up in the morning and we're going to have 100% energy and when we go to bed at night we've used up 100% and we're down to zero and then it will regenerate but we don't sometimes we wake up with 50% energy sometimes we wake up with 80% energy and yeah. So I think it's really you nice just to blew be my mind saying that I <laughs> you just made me realize I expect myself to have a hundred percent energy every yeah. day. And then I'm annoyed at myself when I don't. And mm. so after this, I'm going to probably be thinking about this conversation for a long time, just because you said that one little thing now. <laughs> and it's like, why, why do we think we have to be a hundred percent all the time? Why yeah. do we think something's wrong with us? when we feel tired and we feel more of that pull to rest um, yeah. and being upset when we don't have those days where we have all that high energy going. Yeah. And it's because we live in an industrial capitalist kind of society. I think yeah. that, that, you know, we think of our phones, like they charge up to hundred percent. Like that's kind of like yeah. where we see it. Right. So True. we're not, we're not machines. <laughs> yes. Very good point. Mm-hmm. And so when we're thinking about slow living, how, um, can we find value in that as mothers? So how does slow living come into it? So the value of slow living for mums is, you know, again, back to that pressure of um, having the house perfect and then wishing that we could get all those things done so that we could then spend time with our kids. And where's the time left over for me? Mm. So it just kind of, 
slow living and my philosophy around slow living encourages you to look at, well, what are the values that you have? You want to spend more time with your kids. You need some more time for you. Then how can you make those the first things that you focus on? And again, it's like letting go of all that pressure of like needing to have a clean house or have it done a certain way, you know, allowing yourself to be supported. So if your husband's going to do it, just let him do it the way that he wants to do it. Yeah. So if you like the bins taken out in the morning, but he does it in the afternoon, it doesn't actually matter. (laughs) (laughs) He's supporting you, you know, ask for help, that sort of thing. So, um, and that's one of the ways like, yeah, slow living, Again, it takes like it's all about simple living and like having less stuff. So maybe it's like decluttering, but then not mm. going out and repurchasing stuff. It's mm. actually keeping the house quite minimalist so that there's less to clean. Yeah, that's something yeah. that I've really struggled with. And I'm, I think I'm getting better um, yeah. because when it comes to things, there's so much to unpack. It's like, why yeah. do you feel the need to constantly buy things? why do you feel comfort in having things around you um yeah and so for me I had to really explore how uh, um like my mum kind of has like that hoarding tendency I don't know if it's like diagnosable but it's still pretty bad like actually it probably would be diagnosable because there was a time where she literally Mm. couldn't even sleep in her bed because there's just Mm. stuff everywhere um and it was really hard for us coming around as we were adults like her um, yeah. all of us had grown up by then and it was really hard to see that happen but then as I reflected on it I realized that we always had so much stuff in our house um, mm. and, yeah. and then when you have kids and then it's like toys or yeah. it's like all the clothes or like the newest yeah. thing that you need um, and even the difference in how I approached both my births was so mm-hmm. different like I think I had three bags of I don't know what packed for my first <laughs> yeah. hospital stay and literally, yeah. I just had, like, my boobs out the whole time and just wore the hospital's, like, pads and undies or whatever yeah. they had. And that was it. <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't need anything. Yeah. And so the second time I went to hospital, I barely had a bag packed. Um, yeah. And I was, like, joking to everyone. But then I realized I was serious. I was like, I literally just need nappies and my boobs. And, like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so exactly. Even, like, yeah. Things like that. Like, you don't need all this other stuff. And, like, we bed share. And so. Yeah didn't need a cot, didn't need all those other extra little things. And I know some people like that, but then it's even like little things like that. Um, and realizing like, why do you feel the need to have that certain item? Like who is telling you that yeah. you need to have that? And it's really interesting when you start to think about, yeah, where is this coming from? Yeah. Because we it's survived yeah. once upon a time without it. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And I think that you raise a couple of really important points like that, feeling of like, I've got to do what I can to prepare for all the outcomes. Hi, Mel. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all the outcomes, you know, so like having the three bags because you don't know what you're going to be faced with. And I think that that points to, so I'm I'm going to totally tangent, but I think that really points to the way that we approach teaching mums about what motherhood is going to be like. And it's like, you need a pram and you need a cot and you need to have the best, this is, you know, research all the best of the best. But actually what we need to be saying is you're going to be going through a massive shift emotionally and when you have that baby, the birth is not the thing that you should be preparing for. It should be the next year, like, Mm. you know, and the next, especially the first three months and just focus on like how to help that mum or how to help every mum be more connected to their children and realise like 
you know, there's slow postpartum. I actually have a really great pod- podcast episode with um, Jojo from Slow Postpartum and she literally teaches mums how to take three months to kind of like chill out and just connect as much as possible. And I think that's, yeah, um, again, that's we don't really. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. it's true. We have all these yeah. plans. We, we're mm. so supported through, um, during pregnancy. Yeah, and then when you give birth, but then it's still very focused around the baby, and then that's it; mm. it stops. And yep. we need to have instead of a birth plan, we need to have a postpartum plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, and it needs to be things like, oh, who's going to be helping me cook dinner, and who's going to, you know, how do I breastfeed, and all of like, what happens, you know, what kind of, I don't know, parenting styles am I going to mm. want, and how is like my parenting that I experience going to change the way, you know, how's that going to affect what happens when I have my baby, and Mm. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. But the other thing that you mentioned about like with your mum and like having a lot of stuff is that like we hold on sentimentally to things. Yes. And I imagine that your mum was probably re- really struggled to let go by the sounds of it when you guys left home. Mm. So she kept everything from a sentimental point yeah, of view. Yeah, there was a lot going down. Like it, it was the same yeah. time that my parents um, got a divorce as well. And so then it was like yeah. paperwork stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, like... I wouldn't have any idea about that at the time, but I can now reflect on that as a parent is that that would have been her way of trying to sort through everything. But then how do you do that when, when your whole life is out there in boxes around you constructed as things and you're taught that things um, like you have to keep everything. Otherwise, you know, you don't have that part of that memory anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I find that, particularly with hoarding sort of behaviours, it is usually after a significant like yep. emotional turmoil. So yep. the loss of a baby or when your kids move out, when you're not really ready or a divorce or something, um, it's hard to let go of those things, mm. particularly like, um, you know, when it comes to our kids. I The thing I struggle most with aside from books is my kids' toys. Like I yes. can't throw I have clothes a really are not time. so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I literally posted about it the other night. I have a really hard time getting rid of the kids toys because it's either oh that was their favorite little thing when they were a baby and it's sentimental or it's like yeah oh this person gave that to us and it's sentimental because of that or it's yeah. like yeah you don't actually realize what they play with or you think they play with everything even if it's for a second yeah and it's not yeah. ours and so then there's also that sort of like responsibility like you feel bad because it's not yours um, yeah yeah it's, theirs. it's their property in a way yeah, I think that we think that the memory of the person is tied up into the item, but it's not actually the case. And I think, yeah, learning how to let go of that stuff. Um, and, and it's like that rigid thinking of like, you know, from a mental health perspective of like holding on tightly to things to keep yourself safe, right? Yeah. Whereas when you learn to let go, you realise that you aren't actually in control anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think my yeah. my biggest shifting moment with that was, What's our famous book? Marie Kondo. Yeah. The, the life what is it, what is it called? The, Yeah, that one. And that it. really helped change my perspective on it um, because of the part where she talks about thanking things and, yeah. and like saying goodbye. And, and I know it shouldn't have, but like for me, that, that's what worked. That was the thing yeah. that I needed to hear and learn to be like, thank yeah. you for serving your purpose. And I'm saying goodbye to you now because I don't need you. And yeah. like we got rid of, so much stuff after that point um and then the more you do it then you get that good feeling of being like liberated Um, and then you start seeing things as things 
yeah exactly and you realize that they're not a living person or a living memory they represent that but you still have that in other ways that you can find it's in you yeah 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 exactly and I think like when you were talking about love languages before like if your love language is like say quality time or, or gift gifts sort of thing I know like I love to buy activity things for my kids because to me that's giving them a gift and like the intention of spending quality time with them so then it's harder to throw that stuff away because that thing represents my love right Mm. but what you like I think what's really important to remember is that the love is actually in you not in the thing but yeah yeah. that's (laughs) a really good way to put it yeah and Mm. and I like it's really hard when you think so many things are sentimental and you kind of just need to rework that in your mind and it's yeah Yeah. just being more conscious with things and it's all part of letting go and it's and it's okay to be uncomfortable with it I think a lot of people feel a lot of guilt and shame around it and I'm not going to sit here and be like yeah it was so easy I just chucked everything out like it was a process there was a lot of crying (laughs) like there was a lot of crying and for me especially um something I haven't really talked about yet on my platform but I'm going to start too soon is like my body image issues and my history with like eating disorders and so for me it was like I still had clothes and I still had the mentality of oh I'm going to fit into this one day and it was just like this is so bs like what Mm. a horrible way to be living and that constant reminder whether it's subconscious or not and like get rid of the clothes if it doesn't fit and then now as a mum, it's like having holes in your undies why yeah why do I not give myself the luxury of just buying like a some new, new undies of undies? Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the things that we hold on to and just yeah. put up with, but yeah. are like actually little annoyances in your daily life. Um, mm-hmm. And that was something else I realized. It was like, what is actually annoying me every day that I'm either realizing or not realizing? And how can I fix yeah. that? Like a cluttered yeah. mess on the kitchen. Like, let's fix that. Like, let's find a yeah. solution that yeah. space isn't working for whatever reason um yeah. and that's and been it, my yeah. approach lately yeah oh that's really yeah that's really good because yeah like every time you see that pair of jeans that doesn't fit you anymore it reminds you and makes you feel bad but then every time you see that like unfinished pile of washing because there's no room in the cupboard yeah. because you haven't done the other washing to like you know change the sheets or whatever you're reminded, oh, I haven't done that. And then you again, in your head, like, oh, yep. I'm such a shit mom because yes. I'm not doing yep. all the things. Yep. And if you've got that all around your house, it's just constant reminders to say you're not good enough mm. or, you know, you've still got to do this. And I'm overwhelmed because I don't have the time to do all the things around me. So by, like, literally living more simply, you're clearing, the emo- like, the emotional overwhelm of just yes. being in your own home, which it's meant yes. to be a safe and inviting and relaxing place such a good way to put it and while we're talking about that actually um so with your experience in working um with like mothers around slow living how like what are some of the things we should be looking out for so how do we know if we're um like not living our life with intention or fulfillment like how do we know i guess the warning signs to look out for yeah um, well, the best way to think of it is, are you doing something for your own sake, your internal fulfillment, and it's making you feel good? Or are you doing it because you've got external like expectations or external validation? So if you are thinking, well, everyone else around me is going back to work full time, but I actually want to only work part time, but you're feeling the external pressure to work full time, that's pretty much a sign that 
you're not living towards your own personal values. Mm. So always just like checking in to see, is this something I actually want or am I doing it because of, you know, cultural influences or my mum said I should do this or everyone, all the mums in my mum's group, you know, like, or like, oh, I'm 30 now, so I should have Mm. a new house or a different car, like, you know, am I overcommitting yeah. my budget because I'm like hoping to keep up with the Joneses mm. versus like, you know, and it, yeah, it, it can apply to anything yes. like across like, the way you spend your money, the way you spend your time, what kind of food or like clothes people you buy. Around you. Pe- <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like people pleasing and saying yes to too many things and overcommitting. So, you yeah. know, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that you Mm. can apply the mentality of it into so many Mm. areas. Like you were saying, like be mindful with the way you're eating or the food that you're eating and where you're buying it from, the things in your house, like what's bringing you joy and what's not. Um, And then something I've been doing recently is like people. And um, then you have the like family versus friend because a lot of people just think they have to put up with family members because they're family. And like that's a whole other conversation. But really we're allowed to – make every single choice in our life and you can choose the things that you want to eat you can choose what you want to have you can choose the relationships around you um yeah and i do know that for some watching there's also a little underlying tone of privilege in saying that whether it's like financial or time or situational um yeah but then i think um in those cases those are more extreme cases that that goes deeper than our discussion right now. So I just want to touch on that yeah, in case yeah, anyone watching yeah. is, is coming from that place. Um, yeah. And if you are, please do comment below because I think that's a really important, interesting thing to talk about. Something yeah. that someone called me out on ages ago on one of my Instagram posts and we had such a good discussion in my DMs about it and I was so appreciative that she brought yeah. up how sometimes things can come from a place of privilege and we don't even realise it. And yeah, I was like, that true. is something that we need to be mindful of, but... Mm-hmm. you can still apply this like there will still be at least one area um mm. or one yeah. thing that you can apply this mentality to um so yeah on the flip side yeah exactly that, yeah like you gotta think about what's on the other side of that so if you are implementing slow living and if you are living your life with more purpose and intention what are the benefits and how are you going to be feeling yes exactly yeah and i think on that as well like it ta- if you are like in some ways if you've got a less privileged background then sometimes slow living is even more important or even more useful because um it takes away the pressure of having to get you know succeed 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 mm. right like it sent it like you should be how can i rest how can i disconnect from that pressure um and realize that there is like you know we live in a capitalist patriarchal society which puts a lot of pressure and 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 heavy lifting on on women so from a feminist point of view even it's like really important um that we find ways of like living where we don't need to be earning more and more money and having more and more privilege like because that doesn't benefit anyone like when mm. we all kind of disengage from that then that growing like more 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 mentality kind of slips away so then yeah hopefully equality is increased when we all go, well, actually I don't want to get ahead for in, you know, to get ahead because who are you getting ahead of? <laughs> like yeah. other people, like why do we need to be better than the next person? You bring up such a good point. And I think um, so many times when we have, like for me anyway, when I have mothers coming to me, um, 
so many of the common issues can relate to that. It's it's always yeah. this external narrative like this false story that is put onto us that we are expected to have to own a house we're expected to have a certain amount of children or expected to have even like both genders you know um yeah yeah as soon as you have a boy when are you having a girl (laughs) yeah Yeah. and it's like you're actually allowed to be like no (laughs) I don't I don't like that I don't want that and there are so many days where I wish I could just like run away and start up my own like living off the land with, with yes. some of my other friends and just like yeah. go off grid because I'm like sometimes it just gets too much but I think I think yeah. you can also balance living in this world while mm. also stepping back and like watching it if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah it does I mean just as a little thing um like I grew up my my dad has a farm right and so interestingly like we talk about in economics, like value adding. So if you've got a farm, like the pressure is like, if you grow carrots or you have cows or whatever, like, like you have to, you automatically are earning the least because Mm. people want to buy that and like transform it into something and Mm. sell it for more and make more profit. So they try to like get that first input. So it's this like, it's just fascinating. Like we always think like add, add, add. And I think, yeah, like, um, these days it's really hard to make a living as a farmer because everybody focuses on, well, what can you make it into rather than just Mm. buying the single ingredient and valuing that fresh food. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's a totally tangent, but yeah. No, that's a good point. And that's something that we're trying to figure out as well. Um, Cause it even blew my mind how like fruit and vegetable actually looks. Cause I didn't Mm. realize Mm. that we were given the pretty ones. I was like, who decided, who decided that we had to have it look a certain way. And then, that's like a whole other issue in itself. And then for me, yeah. I'm like, where do I even go? Like how, where do you even go to support the farmers, especially if you're not living out rural and it's trying to figure out how can I do my part? Um, mm. And where do I even find that information? So when you've oh, been yeah. doing this, how, how have you learned about this and where have you gone to find out all, all about this? So actually a really good um, company is called Food Connect. Um, you may not have it in all areas, but it's just around the corner from us. And I do think they are in maybe Melbourne. Um, and Food Connect is like a social enterprise that connects farmers with city cousins. So you can actually, they buy produce from the farmer and bring it all into like a warehouse and put it into like fruit and veggie boxes. So it's all seasonal. Um, and then you can buy a fruit and veggie box directly from the farmer. And they and they're city cousins, so like people who will mm. hold the boxes, you can go and pick them up. But it's just, I mean, you don't have to necessarily use that company, but if you go and have a look at their website, they've got lots of resources. And I really like that they're a social enterprise because they, um, they don't, they're not for profit. Mm. So, sorry, they are for profit, but the profit's not for like the CEO. The profit is right. to like grow this like network of farmers who actually get a living wage for the work that mm. they do. Um, and that's a really great place to start because then it can like lead you in, you know, to, Um, But I think as well, it's just like, what can you do that's not convenient? So we focus Mm. so much on like, oh, convenience foods (laughs) and takeaway, like, like slow it down a little bit and go back to basic ingredients or like, you know, maybe, and it's a real shame now with like single use coffee cups and stuff like that. Um, You know, because like even just like going lower plastic or less waste and that sort of thing can really benefit as well. Mm. that's a good point I'm always thinking and and of course as mums 
when we're busy yeah. or we have kids running around, we're always looking for convenience. Mm. And it's yeah. so easy to not think about what is the process that is taken to, for this to get to me right now and what is yeah. that impacting. Um, yeah. And I think we're, we're only just starting to kind of be talking about that and realizing like how everything's yeah. even all the way through to like climate change and um yeah. these are bigger discussions we're going to have to start having because people aren't listening <laughs> yeah. to the scientists yeah. and we're like going to yeah. stuff ourselves up if we don't start making changes yeah and the thing i will say about it is though that it's not if it's hard to make changes it's not actually your fault the system mm. that we live in or the 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 consumer society we live in is geared towards you going to the shops and buying stuff when you see it on the shelves. So rather than going, okay, well, this year, um, winter, my son's a bit bigger, I'm going to need to buy you know, three pairs of long pants and then like researching, well, where can I go to get that or going to the op shop and looking for it? You just go up the shops and see what's available Mm. and then you buy it based on on what's available rather than what Mm. you actually need so the whole system is geared towards you doing it that way so yes it can be very overwhelming to kind of like completely change your lifestyle but that's yeah that's where I'm yeah it's like they've done it on purpose (laughs) they've made it hard on purpose yeah 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 or they've made it so easy to live from a a consumption point of view you know Yeah. yeah yeah um so and that, anyway. and that probably was a good idea at the time and then now yeah. we're realizing oh this is actually having a negative effect in all these other yeah. areas that we didn't foresee yeah exactly yeah like so economic growth mass prosperity all of this other stuff totally getting off tangent now well not getting off tangent but not what i thought we yeah. would be talking about <laughs> <laughs> well, not mental health on, stuff. On <laughs> yeah yeah um Sorry. so um i'm just uh thinking so what else would you like to share with us before we end our live about um your topic for today um I would just like to say like yeah slow living is um it's like since we've been talking about food you know it is the way that we should be living like if you think about we talk about organic food versus conventional Mm -hmm. food well once upon a time organic food was food food (laughs) it was just food right there was no such thing as conventional food like with chemicals but so slow living is kind of like that about life Mm -hmm. so once upon a time slow living was how we all lived Mm. um and there's a lot of benefits to that and then i think when we look at mental health particularly um this rushing hustle culture that we live Mm. in where we feel like we're missing out or we're going to miss the boat if we don't do everything right now particularly in the digital world like social media and stuff um it really takes a toll on anxiety and over and depression and like insomnia and all sorts of things like it's not good yeah. um so i think there's a lot that you can get out of slow living even from that point of view of just like mm. if you wanted to start somewhere just learning how to say no a little bit more mm. or prioritizing your own rest is a really great way to get started with slow living you don't have to completely overhaul your whole life yeah yeah to do it and to start benefiting from some of the concepts yeah it's like take those little baby steps and just pick one thing because one thing mm. is going to make a big change, but that's not so overwhelming. So just focus on yeah. one area. And I guess that would mean sitting down and reflecting after watching this live is, okay, what yeah. actually matters to me? Is it, is it me? Is it my children? Is it the things in my house? Is it food? Um, yeah. I just pick one of those areas yeah. and make sure you go and check out Rochelle's page for more because she'll yeah. definitely be able to offer a lot more there and just, yeah think of one thing that you can do today and so 
Um, now that I've mentioned that, can you tell everyone watching where to find you for more? Yeah, so more on Rochelle, Facebook. More slow living. <laughs> so my website, Facebook, Instagram, and in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all just search how to live slow. And you'll find me there. And I would love yeah. to connect. <laughs> yeah, we didn't bring that up because you have your podcast as well. Yes. Yeah, so you can have her in your ears yeah. talking all about slow living. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're watching Great. this as a replay and if you have any questions, feel free to watch this like you're watching it live and just put down anything in the yeah. comments below because we'll make sure yeah. to come back um, yeah. to check that we haven't missed anything. But yeah. thank you so much to everyone that's watched this live or is watching the replay. And thank you so much, <laughs> Rochelle, for sharing your wisdom. Um, and you. I'm not a good example today with slow living, so don't don't watch what I'm doing today. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing fine. You're doing something really amazing. So that's also just as important. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.